salt. They're like huge seed pods. Pod, where two friends discuss pop culture and more. Here are your hosts, Matt Haynes and Jay Norman. Jay Norman here. Just wanted to add a little note that this episode had a few technical difficulties. Uh, nothing too bad, but just wanted to warn you that throughout the episode, you'll probably notice a few little glitches from bad internet service. So thanks for listening and thanks for understanding. So you want to start with a quick bit of news? Yeah, Ted Lasso, coming new season, second season, July 23rd. Yeah, confirmed date for Ted Lasso coming back in July, so that's excellent. We've also got the return of The Witcher later this year. That's on the horizon. It looks like filming for that wrapped up a week or two ago. And Netflix confirmed we'll see uh, Geralt of Rivia back in action in the fall, though they didn't provide an exact date yet, but that's surely going to be coming soon. That'll be fun to see The Witcher come back. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's one I definitely need to go back and rewatch season one. Mm-hmm. Get caught up with where we were at the end there. I remember roughly, but so much of my experience with The Witcher is colored by playing the video games. <laughs> and, you know, there's some, you know, direct connections there, but it's really, you know, the series is, seems to be much more, you know, rooted in what we saw, what was written in the novels. And right. I've yet to read a Witcher novel yet, even though I own, I think, at least one. But so yeah, we have to put that on our rewatch list for sure. Yeah. And on the Marvel front, a bit of interesting news, uh, Secret Wars, which we don't have a date for, but we imagine is going to be coming to Disney Plus sometime, maybe next year. A little bit of casting news, Olivia Coleman of The Crown and many other things, uh, and Amelia Clark of uh, Thrones, mm-hmm. both in negotiations, almost confirmed, I think. They'll be joining the cast, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that dovetails as well with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Some of those storylines, if I know there's speculation about some of these characters, like Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, Val, possibly connecting to the secret secret wars or pushing on to something, whatever, what is it, the Thunderbolts or the, the kind of the underground... Avengers creating a team. So, you know, it could spin off in its own thing or it could connect with Secret Wars or Carter, right? Her character might uh, weave into Secret Wars as well. Yeah. I will admit, I know, I know very little about either Secret Wars or the Thunderbolts as Uh far as the comic book lore goes. I do understand that Secret Wars is, you know, it's basically based around the scrolls, right? Where Mm -hmm. they basically take the place of, some of the Avengers on Earth, you know, because they shapeshift into them and raise all kind of havoc. But it seems like that it could be a little bit of a different twist on that story, given what we know about the scrolls that we've met so far, particularly in yeah. uh, Captain Marvel, right? That are a more sympathetic group mm-hmm. of characters. That's going to be fun to see how that works together. And if we, if that final one of those final scenes from wandavision uh with monica rambeau getting approached by the scroll Mm -hmm. if that's an invitation basically to be a part of the secret wars 
mm-hmm. series come up or if it's more straightforward with the next captain marvel film right um or maybe both just finishing my thought on the thunderbolts i you know again i didn't know anything about them until quickly reading up on it after the the final uh winter soldier and falcon episode but to me it basically sounds like marvel's version of suicide squad right it's yeah. like a bunch of uh baddies get together form up you know team up and kind of do some good for once yeah and i saw some speculation too about the character of val building that team and it dovetailing with don Cheadle's series which would make sense there too for both carter and val's character to have interaction in that series simply because the government connection you know and all that yeah i mean given it seems like you know there's there's definitely two lanes going on here with disney plus so far right we've got wandavision and loki's going to be kind of following that kind of like more fantastical track and then we've got shows like falcon and winter soldier and you know eventually we've got don Cheadle's what is it called armor wars mm-hmm. something like that they probably align more with like this more grounded iteration of the marvel universe but i think we'll we'll likely be getting a lot more uh details around specific dates release dates and uh some more casting news probably over the next several weeks especially as we get closer to that loki premiere date in june so did you want to launch in yeah let's dig in i think you know we didn't we haven't talked about the episode five but i think we can kind of work that into our conversation just in general how how the series like wraps up and yeah let's dig into that finale so leading up to leading up to the finale, we get over the course of that last episode, which I, I for the most part enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of good, a little bit of bad, mainly just that kind of continued meandering of the flag smasher Carly Morgenthal mm-hmm. uh, plot line that didn't seem that it was quite well fleshed out a- enough. But at the beginning of that episode, we get a really cool. <laughs> A really cool fight scene, right? Between Bucky and Falcon mm-hmm. and uh, Walker, which ends up being really the only action sequence of that episode, a long episode, yeah. hour long. Still, I thought one of the better action sequences of the series. It was pretty tight. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, those. it's important with, with those fight scenes that they, um, you know, the cliche that, that the fight scene itself tells a story. They did a good job of of that you know, with, with Walker and Bucky and, and Falcon, their fight scene told its own story and wasn't just random violence kind of <laughs> you know thrown together yeah he, i mean you definitely get the sense there was like these three characters are all kind of working out their own <laughs> individual issues in that moment to an extent mm-hmm. they've all got like a grievance they've all got like an internal conflict obviously yeah i thought it was a highlight of you know certainly the episode but the series as well i thought that was just a really great standalone action sequence and kind of a powerful scene in general you know overall though you know there's a lot of that episode there's a lot of uh both bucky and sam and walker as well i guess all kind of like going getting close to the end of their journey working things out i mean we got a nice long boat repair uh montage (laughs) mixed in with uh with uh, a falcon training with the uh the shield uh rocky-esque uh, montage yeah <laughs> it's interesting that that ended up being one of the longer if not the longest episodes of this series because i don't know really how much we actually get done <laughs> but yeah i'll have to say you know we're set up for the finale and yeah 
So let me start by asking you this, you know, what, you know, what's your overall impression of the, how the show closed out? I mean, I thought it was okay. It, it didn't bowl me over as far as, you know, a finale. I thought there were strong parts. There were comical parts, not intentionally comical. Some of the speechifying, although I agreed with the sentiments and wanted to kind of get behind the political aspirations of the show. It was kind of clunky and corny at times. And I guess my my bigger critique probably is just I thought the narrative was kind of um, kind of fractured. It, it seemed like a lot of scenes connected together without any interstitial, any, uh, you know, connective tissue between the scenes. It was like scene to scene to scene. So the narrative flow kind of threw me off a little bit. And it's they had a lot to accomplish, I understand. But that's another reason why I think, well, this series probably could have been 10 episodes instead of the six. And maybe that would have helped. What was the mm-hmm. finale? 51 minutes, somewhere around there. Uh, it could have been longer. Right. I thought they, they needed more time probably to flesh out some of the stuff. <laughs> like, you know, Sharon, Sharon Carter just kind of shows up at the beginning of the episode. I'm here. <laughs> I'll take off my mask here. Which is, I mean, good. It's a little foreshadow too of her wearing that mask and taking it off let you know later on like oh yeah you know she is wearing a mask after all you know not just to hide her identity to the government but now to sam and and to bucky how did you see it yeah i I mean much the same um i think my initial impressions were were pretty much right there with you yeah yeah sharon as the power broker kind of one of the uh least surprising uh (laughs) twists right i think i think it seemed kind of pretty clear you know that yeah that's you know that's what she's doing in madripoor she's Mm -hmm. she's gonna take it a turn so no big surprise there i absolutely agree with you how the episode was structured in the pacing it felt watching it especially the first time through watching it it felt very like uh as a collection of scenes kind of like organized together to like okay now we're gonna have the fight here and then you know, this character moves here, and then we're going to have Falcon show up here, and then we're going to have, you know, it's, it, it did not feel like a very cohesive, like, beginning to end, like, sequence of, like, events that made sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was just more like moving pieces around to, like, get to, like, an ending that they needed to get to. You know, taking some of the individual, like, fight scenes and action sequences on their own, you know, if we look at them in a vacuum, I thought they were all pretty good i enjoyed like the the fight scenes with like john walker showing up and confronting the flag smashers mm-hmm. and then bucky joins in and you know i thought all those like those worked well for me and i thought that sam's like entrance into the episode you know as captain america with wings <laughs> it was was overall was good and i thought they did a pretty good job of putting him in like in action sequences dramatic sequences that you know worked well for that character but you know definitely some problems i didn't i didn't didn't feel like we finished on the highest of notes i didn't come around come away from the episode feeling like oh god that was terrible but but i do definitely feel like the the middle section of this series was like really really good really strong for the most part and then it just kind of bookended by some of the weaker points of the series and like that the first episode and the last episode and as you say, I think kind of stretching it out, even just, you know, making it an eight or nine episode and, you know, with, you know, individual episodes around like the 45 minute mark or something like that, I think we probably get a better, a better, more cohesive series from beginning to end. Yeah, it would be nice also places where it succeeds the most 
to me are when Bucky and Sam are together. And that's why my, was it the second episode that we both thought was kind of the that one of the best episodes and it's probably because they're back together and you get to you get to have that chemistry with them and this episode was good yeah for that too that bucky and sam were together for most of it which is which is a good thing i think for the show they have really good chemistry together yeah because of how they had the structure where you know these individual characters were moving and the things that they had to do it would have this episode would have benefited by you know with more of like Bucky and Falcon slash Captain America alongside each other. You know, there's definitely the element of like they're kind of back and forth and there's nice moments at the end of it, but a lot of the time they're separate. Um, so you're missing some of that energy of like they're being in close quarters together and working physically alongside each other. So yeah, we should say something of <laughs> the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the suit. Okay. So, so, so yes, I mean, obviously a direct, inspiration from from comic book right it's almost exactly from you know how how it was drawn this is my this is you know my initial reaction to the you know sam's new suit was like really that's it (laughs) because at the end of the last episode right we get bucky calling in a final favor with the wakandans Mm -hmm. and when sam opens that case at the end of that last episode you know you know it's like oh he just got a new suit and I'm thinking, you know, not knowing what his suit looked like in the comics, I'm thinking, oh, awesome. He's going to get like a Black Panther light, you know, super suit that'll help him, you know, kind of level the playing field because he's like fighting all these guys that are juiced up on super serum. <laughs> so he needs a little uh, something. <laughs> and then he comes to that glass. And I'm like, really? Because he's just basically wearing the, the, you know, the Chris Evans, you know, suit from like Captain America and the Winter Soldier but with kind of a weird headpiece thing going on. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I mentioned that to you, like it looked like a wimple to me or half a wimple. It's, it's you know, <laughs> Cap- Captain Nun America, you know, sometimes I know it's a faithful representation of the comic, but sometimes the comics should just stay comics. Sometimes that stuff doesn't really translate. And I think this is one instance where I would have liked to have seen a redesign on that from the comic design. It looks fine in the comic. You know, it looks fine in, in as a comic. They're looking at it, but I just don't think in real life. It looks it's badass as a comic. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't translate to, you know, live action very well. And I agree with you. I thought the same thing i thought he's going to get a black panther like suit that's going to give him some extra tools to play with you know all of those things like that black panther has with this the energy absorbing suit where then he can disperse the energy that he gets all of those things that he needs as a non-superpowered yeah. person fighting superpowered people yeah because i just didn't I, I was just confused i was just like well what was the point of him getting this i mean i guess somebody had to make him a suit because you know he's not he wasn't like sanctioned by the, you know, U.S. government. He wasn't, you know, given the treatment like John Walker was. But it just, it just seemed very, coming from Wakanda, it seemed very pedestrian. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, yeah, he should have like kind of stylistically, it should look that way, I guess. You know, to like, he needs to be associated with, you know, Captain America, the Captain America character. You know, not as like the u.s version of t'challa but yeah i was yeah i was i was a little disappointed i mean the good thing is he's got the vibranium wings which obviously stronger and hell right 
strong enough to when he gets covered by him, a helicopter bounces off of him. <laughs> I mean, there's that, that's something. But yeah, I thought there would be more to the suit element. Like you said, you know, more protections, more tools for him to use and play with. But, you know, this is iteration 1.0, you know, as they move forward. And like we said, now we know we didn't mention in our news section, but some news came out after the finale of this that they're going to fast track Captain America 4. It's already, I think, being written, which answers our questions that we had last time we talked about having a second season. Seems like that's no longer going to be the case because they're moving into the cinematic universe rather than staying in the television universe which is great to have anthony mackie head his own movie would be fantastic so you know it's version 1.0 and maybe they're saving some of those tricks upgrades or whatnot for version 2.0 in the film where he'll have a little bit more to play with yeah that seems like absolutely i mean if if moving his character forward into the cinematic you know, universe will definitely, it's definitely called on for yeah another revision of his look. Um, I'm sure, you know, they'll, they'll do a little, I get a little bit of feedback from, you know, the initial, you know, outfit here from the series, but you know, I, I, I think it still remains to be seen whether or not we get, we're not going to get another Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, season. Right. I mean, and, and, Actually, you know, it's it was a cool thing at the end. You know, they changed like the tagline. It's like Captain America, and but I could see you know, while Sam Sam's character, while Anthony Mackie, you know, goes fully into the cinematic universe next, that we could still probably see Bucky in another, you know, headlining maybe a a series on Disney Plus that kind of like directly follows this, maybe because they might not feel that they they necessarily need to continue on, you know, his story into the cinematic universe any further as a critical element. But, but yeah, as, as it stands, I mean, this isn't direct, we're, we're definitely not going to, you know, almost certainly not going to get like a season two with Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan leading the way. Yeah. It could be fun too. They could play with, they could play with Sebastian Stan's character a bit more on the Wakanda side, bringing him back in there and connecting and setting up Black Panther 2 with his character somehow. Cause yeah. you know, because at the end of this, they kind of they kind of finish off some of his story that I thought, oh, they might use that as fodder for a second season or something. His whole list of people that he's crossing off and writing his wrongs. And I thought, oh, they could use that in a second season where he has to go find these people and adventure ensues as a result of looking through uh, these other people's lives that he's impacted and, and how he has to fix it. But now that that's over at the end of this finale, he hands in that notebook to his therapist and you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of done with it. So it's like, where does he go? And it's like, that would be interesting to see him kind of head to Wakanda and help set up Black Panther 2. Yeah, absolutely. He, totally makes sense you know to make another appearance in that in that setting for sure i mean they you know with the additional like relationship hinted at in this series with people in wakanda that you know it it seems like there's there's more story to be told there about his connection to her and to wakanda in general i mean he he spoke of wakanda pretty glowingly you know at a certain point in the series, right. Where he says, you know, this, that was like really his only like period of peace, you know, since falling off that train in the first Captain America, I feel strongly. We haven't seen the last of 
you know, Sebastian Stan as, as, uh, as uh, Bucky. It could give Ryan Coogler a bit of runway uh, for preparing an audience for Black Panther 2. And, you know, fun too for the audience to be able to see some of that, um, how they're going to operate without Chadwick Boseman. And also maybe give a chance to do a little extra honoring of of him as that character. And more, you know, a time of mourning. And like I said, a bit of runway for him to build up. How are we going to move on without Chadwick? Touching on something else that, you know, was not just problematic for this finale, but really throughout the series was just how muddled the motivations of Carly and the Flag Smashers were throughout, right? I was told, I was definitely told at the end, you know, what their goal was or what they were trying to fight against, but I really never felt like any clarity, you know, throughout um, the series of exactly what what she wants, what these people want. It really felt vague. And I think that was a big part of what prompted kind of this kind of staccato type of like uh, final episode where you've just got a lot of different disconnected, seemingly disconnected pieces, like, you know, telling their own little stories because it just didn't, it, it didn't feel like we were ending this, like this, this threat that Carly was posing and like seeing, you know, her plans finally be thwarted. Um, because I just, I just really didn't feel like I really knew what the hell she wanted. <laughs> what do you want? And I guess if I'm being generous, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll chalk that up to the fact that it's, it does seem pretty clear that they had to pivot fairly dramatically, right. From some of the early, what they originally planned to be like a major thread throughout with a kind of a, a virus, you know, running rampant. And I think that if they had to really pull that big of a piece away out of the story, you know, in like the 11th hour, that's, of course, that's going to kind of like bring a lot of things down along with it. But yeah, did have you seen this video? I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen some people talking about it. Somebody did like a full like, you know, analysis video on YouTube that um, from some of the earlier episodes kind of like showing like, here's where, you know, they referenced this, they would have referenced this virus and here's like the awkward cut here or whatever and the you know basically all this evidence this because since marvel hasn't come out and said like yeah we had to like totally like retrofit this thing at the end it seems pretty clear that they did yeah i haven't seen that but yeah i think you're right i think yeah i'm willing to to chalk some of that that muddledness up to them having to do that hard pivot it wouldn't have taken much just for them to give a few clarifying statements maybe in that fight scene i mean that fight scene was really good between carly and sam I thought that was really effective. Sam refusing to fight back and her pushing and pushing and pushing him, like, you know, yelling, fight back, fight back. And he won't. Again, the fight told a story larger than just what throwing random fists at each other would have done. And it could have been there that we got a little more clarity. That could have been an area. Sorry, there's a huge, there's a bird outside this window. It's going crazy. I don't know if you could hear it or not. Is that Red Wing? <laughs> Open, open the window. That's Red Wing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there kind of, that could have been a place for a little bit of dialogue to add. I mean, that could they could have done that in other, plenty of other places earlier as well. But like you said, they had to shoehorn it in. They probably couldn't really go back and reshoot all this stuff. So they can't 
add dialogue in you know they can't add new scenes in so you've got to work with what you have so yeah i'm willing to kind of forgive them a bit for that like you said very clearly there was like not just slight changes that had to be made but a major retrofit i mean and the biggest piece of evidence for me is like you've got you know the character of donia carly's like mother figure right i think we may have mentioned this before in the last pod maybe but she's being played by veronica falcone who is like a brilliant actor. She's like one of the most well-known actors in Mexico. We've we've seen her recently in HBO's Perry Mason and she's brilliant and she's playing a corpse <laughs> in the series. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't have Veronica Falcone play a corpse, you know, just yeah. a dead body in your series. I mean, she clearly had a bigger role. Yeah. Um and all that was cut out and that's that's a major shame. Yeah. Um I would love to see the footage that they they shot of, of that character um it would be awesome to see that uncovered someday but my initial impressions are like the kind of the speechifying you know in the yeah. in this valley here i'll tell you actually this my second time watching the episode i actually enjoyed sam's speech mm-hmm. much more um after letting a couple of days go by and rewatching it i was like that's actually is really pretty good and I thought it was poignant. I thought it was powerful. And I thought it was, you know, and thinking in the context of Marvel, I thought that it was, a, it was the right call to, to really own that aspect, you know, of like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to acknowledge that here's Sam Wilson, a black man standing in the Captain America, you know, uniform, and there's going to be a large percentage of people that hate him for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that was a really good line that I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Yeah, I thought in that respect, you know, the series was more effective in dealing with that kind of undercurrent theme that it held throughout than um, WandaVision was with the theme of kind of the destructive nature of like Wanda's like, you know, psychological torture of people. I feel like, you know, (laughs) they acknowledged it in WandaVision, but it didn't feel like it was full-throated enough to me. This was definitely more of a showcase element of this, this series, and I thought it was the right call um, because you can't you can't do this series. You can't tell the story of Sam Wilson taking taking on the role without confronting you know what that means for in the context of today's world with a black man taking on you know the mantle of Captain America. So. Uh... We haven't talked much about John Walker, but how did you feel about uh, his arc? Overall, I I liked it. I felt it was again with like with some other things. I thought it was cut too short. I really think this episode would have benefited from an extra ten minutes of runtime to get some thorough resolution with some of the characters and him in particular. He you know you kind of see him going through that. Wyatt Russell's great. He's just, he's really great in this role, and you know he's just a solid actor in general. So you see a lot of like conflict going on in him, like, you know, in his eyes and, you know, with his acting, you know, from the initial like entrance in the episode where he's like just all full of rage and wants revenge and is there to like take out Carly in the worst possible way. But, you know, his better angels kind of like play out and like steer him t- towards like more of a heroic, you know, role you know, trying, trying, you know, though he ultimately kind of fails, he, you know, tries to like save the people like in the armored car. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then just kind of like 
morphing into like basically teamed up with Sam and Bucky, you know, as the, at the, towards the end of the episode where they're kind of like all pulling it, pulling on the rope in the same direction. So I thought it was pretty good overall. I, you know, at the, I enjoyed the, you know, his kind of final scenes at the end where he's revealed, you know, gets introduced as us agent. I mean, he's, and I like the, like the, the little subtle little things going on that are like, clearly this guy is like, he's, he's not quite all there. Yeah. <laughs> There's something that's happened, right? He's a little, a little unstable. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got a little crazy in the eyes. Yeah. Um, and we don't know if that's because the serum can have that effect on people or it's, you know, he's still suffering through this PTSD from losing his best friend, or if he was just always kind of like that, a little loopy. Yeah. The, his little twitches that he has, yeah. you know, he'll all of a sudden cock his head side, you know, quickly accuse like, you in like something's not right there. <laughs> I'm absolutely excited to see more Wyatt Russell as the U.S. agent, you know, in a in whatever next series that he's going to be a part of. Yeah, I'm definitely digging it. And also we have um, right Sharon Carter, our other uh, mid-credit scene of her getting her full pardon and then walking out and calling someone. That phone call makes me wonder. Could, it simply could just be one of her contacts or something as, a, as the power broker and she's just trying to wheel and deal and get things rolling. Or it could be someone she answers to. Yeah, it. I didn't get the. Yeah, it didn't feel like she was like um, talking to somebody that she was reporting to. It felt like it was more like she was like in the wheeling and dealing and let's get going kind of. Yeah, thing. like calling her right hand man, saying like get to it or whatever. We'll find out. Yeah, she's clearly set up to be you know come back in another iteration, probably in another Disney Plus series, as is apparently Daniel Bruhl, right? As Zemo, yeah. I mean, they're definitely setting up as like for more Zemo yeah. in the future. The bad Avengers, the Marvel Suicide Squad kind of element that are kind of building this team of, well, straight up bad guys, but then also some gray characters like John Walker is slightly more gray, even though (laughs) he gets kind of redeemed a little bit easily too for just murdering, straight up murdering somebody in the middle of a public square, but... Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I think that's legit, you know, criticism too, is like how they handle that. It's like, I, I've seen other people raise that criticism that like, really? I mean, he just basically loses his job with the U.S. government. But it was, yeah, it, it's Marvel. Technically, he's fighting a terrorist. So, you know, whatever. It's not particularly clean. But I mean, we see this all the time. Uh, we see characters that have supposedly done terrible, terrible things that get redeemed in comic book universe yeah. and you know zemo is like you know the biggest example of that to an extent here you know it's like this guy's a mass murderer and bucky and sam kind of use him as like a means to an end yeah um, right i think we could both agree we, we like this series right mm-hmm. um when i think about this series i feel like man they bit off a lot right they were trying to do a lot in a six episode series and granted, you know, the six episodes amount to like maybe about a five hour feature film, but they, they try to do a lot. I mean, right. They, within, you know, the Marvel greater Marvel fictional universe, they, they brought in a lot of different characters. They introduced, you know, John Walker, they brought Zemo back, but two things I thought were really successful. They, they took Sam same story and Bucky's story. And they started them both off at kind of like this kind of beginning point in their like journey 
right? Sam's like resistance mm-hmm. to taking the shield, taking on that mantle, and Bucky's like guilt, you know, his ability like kind of process what he did as a winter soldier, right? And they they took them on those journeys, you know, from the beginning to the end. And I I felt like they resolved them both pretty well. And I do think that that story needed to be told um, about that it wasn't that simple, just that simple for Sam to like be given the shield by yeah, his certainly. best friend and who happens to be be a white guy, you know, yeah. hero, heroic figure that everybody loves. Right. It wasn't that simple for him that it was way more complicated and he had to like figure that out. And it was, it was fun to see him do that and be able to bring in like a great character like Isaiah Bradley to like help him in a way that, you know, Bucky wasn't equipped to help him um, or anybody else that was around him specifically for the series. You know, I think those were the more, some of the more successful elements of it in the greater scope of Marvel, because Marvel was able to reckon with some of these tougher subjects that they've, you know, generally shied away from dealing with race, dealing with hyper-nationalism and, and not shying away from it. I don't know if that, if, if, if it, if it only happens in this series and we kind of like don't continue any of those threads forward, you know, in additional series and into the, like the cinematic universe, then that would be a little disappointing. But if they do, if they do take this track and decide like, you know what, we're going to like, even though this is a fictional universe, we're still going to deal with some of like the things that are ailing our actual world. Then that adds real depth to the enterprise. And I would welcome that. I agree. I didn't think this, the series didn't do anything that couldn't be done in a film, but I would be upset and disappointed with them if they're just going to take those important elements dealing with race, nationalism, you know, American civil religion, all of those things that they dealt with in the series and say, yeah, we're going to deal with them on a Disney plus show, but the films were just going to ignore that stuff and push forward. I would be utterly disappointed. And that would be a setback. Oh, we can only deal, deal with it here. We only want to deal with it here where maybe they feel safer doing it than their big money-making cinematic universe or something. So I hope they take those elements into the movies. Absolutely agree. I think that if they don't, especially for the specifically for the films that are more in this kind of terrestrial, you know, framework with, you know, the next Captain America film, the Black Widow film that was obviously filmed however many years ago now, right? But, you know, those films that do like kind of inhabit a recognizable world on earth and aren't out there in space in, you know, some you know, Asgard or something like that, you know, for them not to like carry some of these themes forward into those types of movies takes away from it. It, it would, they would feel not as complete. Yeah. And if they do that, I would be happy. And I would say, yes, it's great that they took time to make a series like this, where they could talk about that stuff in more depth, you know, where you get the six episodes to be able to talk about these issues rather than trying to squeeze it in, just squeeze it in to a two hour movie. I've had a lot of fun watching this series and and a lot of fun talking about it. So really looking forward to kind of where we go from here. I mean, obviously we know we got Loki, you know, on the radar coming in another month or so, but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to like hearing like 
what else is in the pipeline, you know, now that we've got all this set up, you know, Julie Louise Dreyfus, you know, yeah. uh, you know, she's part of the Marvel gang now, which is amazing. Right. Apparently she's going to be in, I've, I, I read that she's going to be in Black Widow, right? So apparently that would have been when she was introduced, the original release schedule had been held, but yeah, we know we're going to see her again, even right. outside of that film. We know we're going to see more U.S. agent. We're going to see probably more Nemo, hopefully more Bucky. Definitely more Sharon, you know, that was set up pretty clearly. So yeah, I'm, yeah looking forward to seeing where, what the roadmap looks like now that they've, they've closed out this particular chapter. So outside of Marvel, the Marvel universe now, since we do have a little bit of a break between, you know, now and when Loki shows up, anything that you're, uh, you've got on your radar for the next few weeks that you're uh, looking forward to digging into? Mythic Quest, new season is coming so I'll probably check out that second season. The second nine episode season is set to premiere May 7th. So that's really right around the corner. So there's that. I just watched the first episode of uh, The Nevers. I'm checking that out with reservations just because of Whedon's involvement. But apparently they purged him. I found the first episode intriguing enough to make me want to watch the next next few and give it a chance. Anything for you? Well, um, last week we had uh, the First episode of uh, Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet on HBO, which if you haven't checked it out, watch it. It's fantastic. She's incredible. <laughs> and yeah, it looks great. First episode was great. Obviously, this is a hard pivot from, <laughs> from Falcon and the Winter Soldier to a very gritty crime drama, but well worth your time. Super excited to watch that series I, lo- I just really love having these series like kind of the drop like you know like on a friday or a sunday you know a weekly show that to look forward to and then to be able to process and, and talk about there's definitely arguments to be made for you know being able to do the binge watch you know the netflix style of everything drops all at once but yeah overall i think i just prefer just being able to have you know, show that, you know, I can sell in with, you know, on a Sunday night, you know, from Game of Thrones to, you know, Westworld to Watchmen and now Mayor of Easttown. Very different again from any of those shows, yeah. but still, that's a great show. Moving back to um, kind of the fantasy sci-fi set of things, really excited to dig into Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Right new fantasy series that just premiered or that just dropped right the whole series uh, i think last week or a few days ago so far getting pretty well reviewed so yeah i'm gonna start watching that um in the next day or so again kind of like in that type of nevers type of genre right with the fantasy i don't know a whole lot about these books they're based on a series of novels um by uh, leah bardugo i think but yeah, it looks like it's an interesting world. It looks like a very diverse world, strong female leads. It looks like it's going to be fun. We've got a new uh, uh, Star Wars animated series coming soon, right. though, too, right? The Bad Batch on yeah. May the 4th. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, I got, uh, we got in, uh, a couple of shows that are ending and just ended, like uh, the finale of For All Mankind just dropped the other night. Haven't watched that yet. And then next week, I think, is the finale of Invincible on Amazon. Looking forward to that. We'll see whether I decide to write about it. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's a wrap, yeah? Yeah.